only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Danny Finner just looks like a somebody that played JV through junior in high school, finally got to varsity, and had to be subbed into the state championship game for the, his high school team when he hasn't even played ever in his life. Welcome back to the Sadian Colts podcast presented by the Sadian Network with your hosts, Justin and Jacob. Following a week three win, the Colts are finally in the win column at sitting at one, one, and one. Jacob, what is your first take on this big, epic win by the Colts? Yeah, I mean, a long time coming, right? Like, we'd heard all this hype, all this, so much excitement coming into the offseason and then training camp. And, and I mean, you could feel it from the crowd from when we went to training camp and, and saw the team, and then they come out so flat. Um, it's great to see that they finally get a win, albeit, you know, it was a win over a great opponent, but had they not, A, muffed a punt, and B, had an unsportsmanlike conduct, we were going to be talking about a very, very different outcome. Um, so I kind of want to, tamper uh, the excitement a little bit like it's good to get that convincing of a win but what you want to do now is follow that up play really well against the titans get a win there and make this chiefs game not just a fluke win and and turn the people around that are like i'm saying blaming it on the chiefs essentially for muffing the punt and um and the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty so i really want to see the colts come out double down and play really well against the titans yeah let's talk about the this chiefs game a couple of these big mistakes we talked about it in the middle of the game when they happen, the Colts aren't scoring that right. first quote unquote drive had the, had Sky Moore not muffed the punt inside the 10 yard line. Yeah. That put the Colts right into the red zone. We're able to take advantage and get a touchdown. Now one could say, like you said, a good team's not converting that anyways. I mean, the Colts have been in the red zone. How many times we've seen them get to the red zone, kick a field goal or they go yeah. for it and fail. This time they actually do capitalize. I think it was on second down even. They didn't even wait till third or fourth down to really go for it. So that was a good play. And then, of course, you know, the Colts later on, uh, they – no, I'm sorry. The Chiefs go on. They go to kick that field goal. I think – I saw a couple of reporters saying that, you know, Townsend saw the, the rush coming from uh, the kicker's backside. 
So he quickly audibled out of that to go to a pass instead of kicking the field goal, which would have most likely have been blocked. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't really consider that a fake field goal, but hey, Colts were able to get the rush on the outside there and uh force that, you know, quick thinking on Townsend to go for it instead of uh just letting the field goal get absolutely blocked. Well, and and by that time their kicker Amendola had also missed an extra point. So then you kind of have that in the back of your mind as well. Like this was, I think a couple yards farther back from where the extra point would have been, but not by much. Um, So, and I know the announcers are talking about that too. It's like, well, it's already in its head. He's missed one from closer Then now you move him back like five or 10 yards. And um, I think that was probably in Townsend said as well. Yeah. And, and for the first time this season, the, the Colts controlled most of the game, I would say. Uh, yes, they were up seven six at the end of the first half off of a, because of the missed PAT. Uh, they did go down at half. Uh, what was that, fourteen to ten? Mm-hmm. But that was still that was still controllable. This is the first time we got into the second half where I felt like, okay, all right, uh, I don't feel completely taken out of this game. And then, of course, in the fourth quarter, the Colts just completely turned it around and did not let Patrick Mahomes do anything. I think the yeah. front four was a big factor in that on how they were able to rush Patrick Mahomes. And I was seeing a lot of reports on how uh, Mahomes hit this, the amount of time it took to get the ball out of his hands was his like season high. And one of his like career highs where he's never had to wait that long to get rid of the ball that the defense was locking the wide receivers down, which allowed the passers to really get in there. Uh, which is something we have not seen at all. And, and I still think we need to see more of it. Like Patrick yes. Mahomes was only sacked once for five yards. I still felt at times, you know, that we have so much to live up to on the Colts defensive line. Like DeForest Buckner is a big name. Yannick Ngakwe was a big name. Quiddy Pays, a somewhat big name, had a lot of hype as a rookie. Uh, Grover Stewart's name in, in stock is growing. So we have a lot of talent there and you just have to, you want to see more production from them. Like I'm, I'm happy with, with the production we had, but I want to see more. Um, and especially, I mean, Kansas city's line's pretty good. And I know they invested heavily in their offensive line and the Titans are looking like they're going to be down a couple guys. So um, I'm hoping this is a game that you can really focus in and, and your pass rushers, you know, can really go crazy and get home. But um, I th- you know, it was like you said, good effort in, in the chiefs game, but you want to still see more of it. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the stat line here. The box score, uh, you mentioned Matt, Matt Patrick Mahomes was sacked one time for five yards. Matt Ryan on the reverse side, five times for 45 yards. Not great. That's Matt Ryan change. has now been sacked, I think, eight, 12 three, times, 12 times. I yep. thought it was 12 or 13 so far this season, which is not great. Uh, the, the Colts defense did hold Patrick Mahomes to a 64.9 QBR, which is actually not that bad yeah. uh, both had similar passing stats 262 to 222 the only difference here is that Matt Ryan threw two touchdowns zero interceptions we're improving and Patrick Mahomes threw one touchdown one interception um, and I do want to note here Matt Ryan oh I'm just kidding just sorry forgot Matt Ryan <laughs> did fumble the ball two times this game and yeah. lost one of them uh, but that is an improvement from like four and three in weeks one and two. So yeah. that's, that's better. I mean, we'll take anything at this rate. Um, and I did want to touch on 
not that the Kansas City Chiefs have a great rushing game, but the Colts are really able to hone in on that. And I thought our run defense has been fairly well, though, at least the last two games. Um, I know James Robinson broke a couple on us, but I mean, this game, we held the team to 58 yards on 23 rushes. Uh, it looked like Patrick yeah. Mahomes was the lead rusher. So I'll, I'll take that all day in a long of 10 yards, which was down yeah. in the red zone for a first down, which I believe turned around. And that's where they ended up having to kick a field goal. Uh, that, probably, I, I don't think yeah. that drive ended in a touchdown. Cause I think that was in the second half. Yeah. Cause this touchdown to Kelsey was a little bit. It was, is that the one where it's like a shovel pass or I might be thinking of a different game, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they did much with that drive. No. Uh, as you mentioned, the Colts did uh, control the rush defense um, and the Colts were able to rush the ball. Jonathan Taylor got the ball in his hands 21 mm-hmm. times for 71 yards long of 13. Uh, not the amount of yards that we want to see Jonathan Taylor breaking for, but I think that's going to start opening up as Matt Ryan is finding these receivers and getting more confident in who is catching the ball. We did see Michael Pittman catch the ball eight times for 72 yards. Alec Pierce with three giant catches for 61 Mm -hmm. yards. He was targeted five times on Sunday. Uh, His long was a 30 there. And then of course, Johnny Woods, two receptions, 13 yards and his first two touchdowns in his career. Big day for Jelani Woods, scoring yeah. the only two touchdowns for the Colts. Yeah. I mean, when you look at this is kind of like the receiving core we have been wanting to see. Um, I mean, it, efficient is about the only way I can describe it. I mean, Michael Pittman was eight for nine. Alex Pierce was three for five. And anytime Alex Pierce got the ball, it was always contested. And I know we text about that during the game. It was the 50-50 ball that he was brought in to catch. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's – and I think his – his reception to target ratio is going to take a hit because of that. But, um, you know, that's just what he's known for. So I'll take three for five all day. Um, Hines, like you mentioned, was five for six. Taylor was even three for five. Um, Paris Campbell was two for two. So, I mean, it's, it was, it was an efficient day, um, from the Colts receivers. It looks like Mo Ali Cox was kind of the, the culprit there went one for three, but I mean, I, and I know we were, we said it once said it, probably three or four times by now, but it's just, it's going to take a little bit of time for, for everybody to get in sync. Yes. They've had all off season. Yes. They had training camp preseason, all this, but once you get in live game action, um, you know, it's, it's got to take time to build that chemistry. And I think you're seeing, you know, communication issues on the offensive line still uh, between the line and the backs and Matt Ryan. So hopefully this game kind of puts them in the right direction. Yeah. Let's talk about some news around the NFL right now. Uh, today, the Los Angeles Chargers put both Joey Boza and Rashawn Slater on the IR. Not good considering Justin Herbert is also battling fra- uh, fractured rib cartilage. Is that is that a thing? Torn? I, I feel like it's I think, torn. I think that sounds right. I didn't know cart- cartilage could fracture. Could fra- yeah, I, he, he's got something with his ribs, and it's not going to heal normally as ribs would heal. You almost want to like just break that. But hmm. uh, yeah, so that's, that's not going to be great to miss your best tackle on the team pretty much plus Corey Lindsley plus a lot of other players. Uh, that team was poised to be good this year. Yeah. I mean, you're um, taking away half of the pass rush because now if Joey Bosa was the one they watched, Khalil Mack could kind of go off. Now Khalil Mack's going to be the guy they watch and you're going to have to find, um, and it's not going to be one guy that replaces Joey Bosa. It's going to be a couple guys, but um, now you're just he, not going to get that production. He should be back. The, the thought is that he will be back this season. So yeah, 
Uh, it's not permanently, but hopefully that, that's sooner than later for the Chargers. Uh, Xavier Rhodes signed a veteran contract with the Buffalo Bills. They're having a lot of secondary injuries right now, especially yep. considering Tredavious White is currently on IR. And now Micah Hyde is on IR and Jordan Poirier did not play this last weekend. The Bills need some veteran leadership mm-hmm. in that secondary if they're going to be supposedly the best team in the AFC. So um, I'm pretty sure that's all the major things that I saw coming out of the NFL today. Let's talk about the the Colts and Titans practicing, who practiced, who didn't. Uh, today, Julian Blackman, DeForest Buckner, Stefan Gilmore, Ryan Kelly, Yannick Ngakwe, and Jonathan Taylor did not participate in practice. Uh, this is actually Jonathan Taylor's first ever career missed practice today. Uh, well, he did have that toe injury in the Chiefs game. I think he sat a little bit in the fourth quarter and was able to get that taped up and came back in. So that'll obviously be we'll, – we'll keep an eye on that. I mean, I'm, yeah. Fortunately, unfortunately, like a toe injury is not something that you can just fix. You just have to let that heal. So yeah. uh, DeForest Buckner out with the elbow. I think this is the same injury. I think this is continuing to act up. Julian Blackman's ankle, not a good sign. But honestly, Nick Cross only played one one snap last game. That that was more because Rodney McLeod had that veteran leadership that that veteran presence and communication that was needed against Patrick Mahomes. However, the rookie Thomas really pulled through with Julian Blackman stepping out. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that they went with Thomas over Nick Cross when Blackman went out. Uh, but hey, Thomas played pretty well, uh, being a seventh round pick even. So came in immediately, made some impact plays, some that could have been for touchdowns. So very happy that he was in there. Stefan Gilmore, hamstring. Honestly, some of these, I feel like, are age catching up with you. Uh, yeah. Stefan Gilmore, Ryan Kelly, uh, Yannick Nagankwe, DeForest Buckner. I, well, okay, DeForest isn't old, but Stefan Gilmore, I feel like, is more of a rest than yeah, it's, an injury. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's we're classifying it as an injury, but it's really just like, Guys, it's just like I need a rest. I'm yeah. Just played a game. Pretty sore. I just got the game winning tip. Yeah. <laughs> so uh Bernard Raymond uh did was a limited participant and Shaquille Leonard back as a full participant in practice. Hopefully, hopefully this is good science, but honestly, I don't think anybody in Colts media knows what's going on with Len- uh Shaquille Leonard. Yeah because he was a full participant all of last week too. And then Saturday came around. Nope. He's cut or he's a healthy scratch. So I think we're still just waiting for him to get back. Uh, Frank Reich said something about how they're waiting to see on film that he is back to being a maniac and being at that level still. So uh, full eyes on him. Yeah. It's that whole story is interesting because it was like we entered the offseason and the impression at least that i got was that he would be ready to go for like week one like wouldn't play in the preseason but we'd be ready to go week one and that he never played without pain so we're gonna see like a brand new even more elevated shaquille leonard since he did all of this while he was you know dealing with pain um and then and then he misses the the first three weeks and you're kind of like well let's like is there a setback is um, is there more pain? Is there something that's holding him back? And it's just, 
whether the Colts are being tight-lipped about it or there just really is nothing else to to say other than they're just waiting for that one moment there or that one play in practice to be like, yep, he's back. Um, so that's that's definitely something I'm looking out for this week. Yeah. Yep. So let's let's talk about a couple of things. As I, I have some more thoughts about the Chiefs game. I'm sorry. First one of the season, you got it. You got to talk about it, especially when you beat a team that is poised to always make the Super Bowl. Uh, let's talk about a couple things that they did well and did the Colts did well. Um, and then we'll recap that with the negative standpoint of what they por- did poorly. Um, my my take that I thought they did well was control the game. Uh, I think at all times on defense, they were able to control what the Chiefs offense was doing. There was not a lot of explosive plays that you're used to seeing the Chiefs have. As we talked about, there wasn't a lot of, I mean, th- there wasn't a lot of big plays. So you had the 53-yarder to Juju Smith-Schuster was your explosive play, if you will. But that didn't really change the game. That was 53 of 89 yards for Juju. I, th- I just think the Colts' defense actually put it together. And I don't know if that's the scheme finally coming in or it's just, you know, Gus trying to say, okay, we have these players. They've been really good at these things. Let's make it work. Mm -hmm. And we finally got to see, you know, Isaiah Rogers play 24 snaps this last week, which was the half of what Brandon Faison played. Yeah. It's still, it's still something. And you notice nothing big happened when Isaiah Rogers was out there. So yeah, just, just saying Gus, give my man a chance again, because that seemed to be a, a pretty big difference maker. Jacob, what is one thing that you saw the Colts do well against the Chiefs? So one player, actually two players specifically, Alex Pierce and Jelani Woods on the offensive end, just being able to step up. I mean, Alex Pierce having been out last week with a concussion, comes back, makes every grab he had was tremendous. 50-50 ball, went up and got it. And after his first performance where he dropped a lot, then he got the concussion. He came back and had this statement game. So that's definitely a positive. I think they're going to keep feeding him. Um, and and why not, you know, until something happens. Uh, and then Jelani Woods being able to step in and, you know, this offseason, I felt like training camp had been a little up and down for him. It was like he might not be ready yet. We're going to ease him into things. Alec Ogletree is the guy that's really standing out. And then he goes and I believe he tore his ACL. Um, and, you know, and then now it's like, all right, well, we're going to we're going to use Jelani and, and we're going to get him in in creative ways. And then he goes in and and, you know, makes promise on it being a red zone target and big of a frame as he is. And and Matt Ryan put those balls up there. Like if you go back and watch the tape, Woods had to go up and get those. And, yeah. and that's what you got to do when you have guys like him and, and Mo where they're just so big. You got to send it up there and and they can get it. So I think those are two positives we can definitely build off of um, and, you know, and continue to do those. My only fear with Woods is that like. If he doesn't get play elsewhere in the offense, when you get into the red zone, you know he's going to be a target. Like that's my only fear. So I'd like to see him incorporated more into the regular drives on the offense, getting down the field, and then when you move him into the red zone, it doesn't seem like such an obvious target. Yeah, and we saw that at Virginia with mm-hmm. Jelani Woods, where he would get the ball in the open field and then just start running people over. Yeah, I feel like we need to see that during the game. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we also think the same thing about Molly Cox. Him in the open field is just going to run people over. But I, th- I think Jelani Woods actually has the ability to physically run somebody over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, like I was talking about, then that changes things in the red zone because then it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's like, oh, we're just, we've been covering him all, you know, all this drive and he's going to do this. And then, you know, it's not like you're just, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another player to compare it to, but it's just like he lines up and you know exactly what they're going to do. And it's like, it just, it takes the the surprise out of it. So th- this was a great coming out game, but now you got to mix it up, get him involved different ways. So he's not just, all right, he's in the red zone. We're putting two guys on him. Well, and I mean, he becomes a decoy because you have to put two guys on him. So and, it opens yeah. up other people. Yeah. It's another point. So um, do you want to do did poorly? Cause we might have the same one without like reading each other's notes. Uh, what, yeah. What do, you, what do you think they did so poorly on? So I still think offensively we still struggled and yes, we capitalized on the mistakes, but like the first drive or the first touchdown we scored, you're handed the ball at the four yard line. It took three plays to score. You know, it's, it's hard to screw up that situation. And then the rest of the game, your offense sometimes drove the ball, sometimes didn't ended with punts ended with turnovers on downs. I think there was like what two fourth down conversions that we didn't make. Um, one when Ryan was right. sacked for like a 10 yard loss and the other one where Jonathan Taylor just jumped too early and couldn't get across the line, what have you. Um, and then at the very end of the game, when you had to have it, you almost lost that drive had Chris Jones not committed the penalty and then you yeah. get the first down and keep going. So, um, as much as people are like, Oh, the offense got it. It's like, well, kind of, but like there's, there's still a lot more improvement that needs to be made. You need to have, um, more consistent drives, Length of drive needs to be longer um, and you just need to be able to, you have to manufacture your own offense because you're not going to get those give that the chiefs gave you um, in, in this game. You're right. Uh, absolutely. Right. I, I feel like the Colts, once we hit third down, if it's not third and two or third and three, I just basically say, go ahead and punt the ball. Yeah. Because it's most likely going to be a sack. There's going to be an interception, a fumble, I just assume for the worst, if it's more than third and three at this point, I do not feel confident about the third down offense. It's not great. And it starts with my did poorly. Danny Penner is an absolute detriment to the Indianapolis Colts. He's becoming a a real issue. And um, depending on when you're reading or listening to this episode, you can find my article on horseshoeheroes.com uh, basically calling Danny Pinner out um, as of September 29th. So Thursday, you can read the article. Um, yeah, Danny Danny is becoming an issue, and it mm-hmm. the offensive line is not playing well, and I think that is largely due to Danny Pinner's play. When you have to come out and say, you know, Ryan Kelly's whole responsibility in this game was if Chris Jones lines up over Danny Pinner, he has to protect with Danny Pinner and double cover Chris Jones. Well, the Chiefs figured that out. Yeah. That's why we saw so many blitzes right past Ryan Kelly. Yeah. And then if you take one, so there's a couple of plays here where I was looking at today on the film where Ryan Kelly shifts over, helps Danny Pinner. So now we have three offensive linemen protecting two people on the outs on the right side. And then on the left side, you got Quentin Nelson missing the guy that Ryan Kelly was guarding and Matt Pryor going for the right edge. And then here comes a linebacker right around the side. Mm -hmm. 
So Quentin Nelson has to now switch over to the guy that switch over to the edge so that Matt Pryor could switch over to the linebacker. It's, and then again, right up the middle. So a lot of issues are coming around with the offensive line. And I don't think it's Ryan Kelly. I, I'm actually, I've blamed a lot on Braden Smith, but I don't think it's Braden Smith anymore. It's, it's not Q. It's not Pryor. It's not Rainman. It is the hometown kid, Danny Penner. I mean, if if you look at it, we had our concerns with Braden Smith. He's on the right side of the line next to Danny Pinner. Then you look at Ryan Kelly, who's on the other side of Danny Pinner. So what's the commonality yep. between those two? It's, it's yep. Danny Pinner in between them. And, you know, I think it's you'd really I you know, you'd really have to study it. But you could you could look at it and be like, OK, Braden Smith is having to also help Danny Pinner so he can't mm-hmm. cover everything he's supposed to do. Ryan Kelly is having to help Danny. Pinner. And I honestly don't know if it's just Chris Jones. I think a lot of the time Ryan Kelly had to help Danny Pinner. And it's like, all right, we have an offensive lineman who's having to have his hand held yeah. the whole time. Like that's not doing anybody any good. And no, it's not and doing I Danny Pinner any good. Yeah, it's and, and I think I talked about this the last time we recorded. Danny Pinner may just be the backup. And he may just yeah. be the guy that comes in and yep. gets you a game or gets you maybe two games if somebody's hurt or comes in and is an extra blocker and, and does well there. It, it, and maybe he can make a career out of that. I mean, there's been plenty of linemen who have bounced around teams being that type of guy. And I don't think that's any knock on him. If that's your role, that's your role. Just know that and do it well. You you might not be cut out for a starting right guard in the NFL, and and that's fine. We The Colts can still use him in the backup role. It's just, you know... It, so much of the offensive line is is predicated on communication and chemistry. And most of the time, both of those things, you can link back to one person or one link that's not working. You patch that link, everything else works. So yeah. I, I would like to see them explore some options. Maybe it's just maybe seven guys around and, and trying something new um, and, and seeing what sticks. I mean, I know I've seen a couple different combinations. Maybe if you get more comfortable with Ryman, you can move Matt Pryor inside maybe. Um, because my only fear is that after Danny Pinner, I don't know if you have really somebody that's going to step in and, and do any better, but it couldn't hurt to try at this point. Well, and this, this goes back down to, you know, why let Chris Reed walk away? Why let Mark Lewinsky walk away? Okay. So Mark Lewinsky's getting paid a little over six and a half million dollars per year for the next three years with the giants and starting. Okay. Maybe you don't want to pay that on a right guard when you're, going to go pay your left guard 20 million but chris reed is currently sitting on the vikings bench as depth only making like 1.25 million dollars i believe Mm -hmm. so why let him walk when he was completely fine it it just doesn't make sense on why why let do these things when Danny Pinner is not the solution. And maybe everybody thought Danny Pinner was going to be the solution with him coming in. Danny Pinner just looks like a somebody that played JV through junior in high school, finally got to varsity, and had to be subbed into the state championship game for the, his high school team when he hasn't even played ever in his life Yeah, a varsity snap until the championship game. Th- that's what Danny Pinner looks like on this offensive line. And I know... A lot of people have issues with PFF, but I just I want to go through some of these rankings. Ryan Kelly is ranked fifth out of thirty-seven centers in the NFL. And Quentin that's Nelson, good having to help somebody else cover. Exactly. So. When he's playing his position, he's got a seventy point one in pass block, sixty-eight point nine in run block. 
Quentin Nelson is ranked ninth out of 71 guards. Uh, and then you got Matt Pryor, 31st out of 70. Braden Smith is 37th out of 70 on tackles. And then Danny Pinner is down to 58. 58. Yeah. There's only 64 guards that play in the NFL daily each week. Yeah. It's it's not good. Danny I mean, Pinner's a problem. Yeah. And my only, like I said, my only fear is that you don't have anybody better behind him. But again, at this point, what's the harm in trying? At this like, point, again, what? why not try? Why not put Will Fries in there? Why not yeah. slide Matt Pryor or Bernard Raymond over to the right guard position? None of these things make sense on why they're just rolling it out like it is. I mean, we, oh. we've said all season long so far, all three weeks of it, why not try? Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't isn't the definition of insanity like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? And yes. it's like, that's essentially what the Colts are doing. We're just rolling this offensive line out, and they're like, <laughs> really they'll is. get there, they'll get there, they'll get there. And it's like, all right, we're going to be, what is it, week eight, and we're still not there? Like, you, you got to and, – and this is the type of thing where you got to pull the trigger now. So if – so the new person that can come in, they can get chemistry, and then your line is solid from week five on to the rest of the season. If you wait to make this move like week eight or nine, then you're getting like farther down the line, maybe into playoffs by the time people are feeling comfortable with each other. And by then, are you even in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like if if Ryan's right. getting sacked three on average three times a game, it's going to be really hard to make the playoffs. And at 37 years old, I don't know how many sacks he can take at three a game. I I don't know. At some point he has to be like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. What what are we doing? Yeah. All right. So um, this week is over. We're moving on to the next week of the Tennessee Titans matchup here. The, I won't, there's one thing that we need to see change for this week alone. Just it's Colts versus Titans. Something that has to change right now. Um, we can both come up with one if, if you've got one that's different than mine, but mine is establish the run game. Finally, we saw it in the Houston game and it finally took off. Um, and the Colts came back into that game. We did not have a rushing game against the Jaguars and we barely had a rushing game against the chiefs and barely won. This is supposed to be the primetime matchup between running back versus running back one versus two, who is the number one running back in the league. We know the answer. The other running back down in Tennessee has not hit 100 yards yet this season. They're both looking washed up right now. Yeah. They have to establish the running game. They have to put, come out and just absolutely annihilate the Titans in the run game. If you can win the run game this week because the Titans have no offense at all period like they have no passing game they which yeah. <laughs> then takes away their running game which then takes away their passing game you can also read that uh, that article by me on three reasons why the tennessee titans are not the um, gold standard in the afc south anymore um yeah I, I i think they just have to they have to change how they run the ball and actually be productive yeah i Immediately, I thought protect Matt Ryan and figure out the offensive line, but I feel like we've that's like beating a dead horse. So I'll go with something else. Um, See the I, last five minutes of Danny Pinner. Yeah, was, no more. Um, I, I think what one thing I want to see change this week is after watching the Titans in the massacre that was the Bills game, 
I think you can really see the defense like take control, adapt Gus Bradley's scheme or whatever he decides to do, and really just use this game, about, like connecting with the Chiefs game, use this game to solidify everything and and just put out a showing. Like get your interceptions, get your quarterback pressures, because we mm-hmm. control the run game and have fairly well thus far in the season. So if you can somehow limit Derrick Henry or even take him out of the, the question entirely, then we saw what happened with with Ryan Tannehill and the Bills, and that was against a depleted secondary. So, you know, you bring in the Colts secondary who played fairly well against Patrick Mahomes. Ryan Tannehill's not nearly the quarterback Patrick Mahomes is. Um, and with the issues they're having on the offensive line themselves, I think if you can get pressure, then you're looking at a game where the Colts defense might really get a turning point and then, you know, get those interceptions, build up some confidence, um, and then, you know, maybe get Shaq Leonard back maybe this week, maybe next week and and get him in on that hype. And then I think your defense is set to go. So all in a nutshell, one thing that I want to see change is that the defense just solidify their roles. I think we've had too much of like, is it Nick Cross? Is it Rodney McLeod? Uh, McLeod, because it's kind of been trending that way. Um, and then how do you bounce back with injuries? You know, how's Julian Blackman look, stuff like that. So I'd like to solidify positions on defense, get a better showing, and then I think you're you're set on that side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I want to look at their the Tennessee Titans practice report. We did cover the Colts practice report earlier with all the outs and limited participants. Uh, this week for the Titans so far, Traylon Burks, Zach Cunningham, Amani Hooker, and Austin Hooper all did not practice today, um, which is pretty big. That's two of Ryan Tannehill's targets on mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball uh limited in uh practice not even gonna murder this guy's last uh entire name honestly alas konami Adinie, the linebacker um yep also not gonna murder the safety's name amadi uh, i'll just leave it at that one uh then christian fulton and kyle phillips both limited participants again another receiver for the titans yeah. And then finally, as a full participant in practice, who's been out for a little bit, Bud Dupree is back. So hmm. uh, that is g- good for the Titans, I guess, for that Bud Dupree is coming back. Uh, I noted something earlier, and I sent this to you. The Titans have Danico Autry as their weak linebacker. Not as an yep. edge rusher, not as a D-tackle but as a, I mean, they play the three, four defense. So I guess this is kind of like Robert Mathis, Dwight Franey dropping back yeah. uh, without their, uh, their main guy. Uh, oh, brain fart here. Harold Landry, Harold Landry. Yeah. Thank you. I even said that earlier uh, without Harold Landry, I guess they got Autry back there. So that's a little bit of a different way that yeah. the, we did not see from when he was on the Colts before. Yeah. That'll that'll be interesting to watch out for. And Taylor Luan, I think, is also like IR. I don't think, yeah, IR. Yeah, so. they they have been hit with the injury plague again last year. They did start ninety, or they did have ninety one people on their active roster throughout the season, which was an NFL record from the previous year with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Titans have been decimated again. Um. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people currently on IR. And a hmm. lot of people, four starters are questionable. It's not looking yeah. great after sending AJ Brown away. So, well, but the Colts also still have to play. That's the biggest thing is that 
so far what I've seen from the Colts is that you play up to good competition and down to bad competition. So yeah. what are we going to do against the Titans? I don't, I have no clue. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you compare the Titans. Yeah. Are, are they a good team? Or are they a bad team? Um, let's talk about the AFC South power rankings. I know, um, obviously the Jaguars are sitting at two and one after dismantling the Los Angeles chargers this last week. Yeah. That are was the, interesting. Are the Jaguars a good team this year? I'm kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off. Cause it's, it's not going to be pretty when it does, but they're, they're getting closer and closer to like beating my season win total for the Jaguars this well, year. And also if you're the Jaguars, do you want to be this good now? Like, or do you want to still teams wait? Start hot, and get, I know, but like, do you want to wait and maybe get a top pick next year and really get a stud and then keep, I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah, granted it's week three, but like, listen, Doug Peterson's doing some work in Jacksonville. Nick Sirianni is doing some work in Philly. Yeah. Was it Frank Reich or was it Nick Sirianni and Doug Peterson that really <laughs> had the Colts and Eagles winning games? Yeah, just saying. Point, I'm, I'm it's, just throwing that out there. It's kind of. I'm still. Tell. I'm still on the bandwagon of firing Frank Reich after the season. He has not proven to me enough that he should retain his job. The offense can't get going, so still out there on that one. But so the AFC power rankings, I AFC South power rankings, I still have to put the Jaguars at number one. Oh yeah. At number two, I'd put as a tie for the Colts and Titans, and then the Texans at four. Yeah. I'm looking at the standings here. The Jaguars have 84 points for them and only 38 against them. That's some good defense. That's insane. Some good defense right there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Colts have 44 and 61 against. Titans 51 and 84, and the Texans 49 and 59. So I mean... Next to the Bills, the Jaguars have the highest point differential in the entire yeah. league. And most of those Bills points are from the Titans game. Yeah. So no, that's crazy. I mean, right now it's Bills, Jaguars, and then Chiefs. Eagles. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Eagles, oh, well, yeah. Then, in the NFC, then, Eagles, yeah. Eagles, Buccaneers, then Chiefs. Yep. Then the Ravens. Wow. Jaguars are. The Jaguars might be legit. They might actually be legit, which does make the Colts' loss to them not look as bad. Yeah, but this isn't the NCAA tournament. You don't get at-large bids based on how you many quadrant one wins you get. So it's wins and losses. You're, you're <laughs> you, absolutely you gotta, correct. You got to beat the teams. Uh, let's let's talk about some fantasy football here. We got a lot of players that are rostered on a lot of teams. Um, starting with the number one pick. Jonathan Taylor, who is again, he's questionable this week with missing practice today from a toe injury. Had a good week one, not a good week two, a meh week three. What do you think his outlook looks like for the Tennessee Titans game this week? Well, I think if you look at the issues they're having on defense, if the Colts can, I think it all really hinges upon can the Colts fix the offensive line? Jeffrey Simmons is still a huge threat. Uh, Danico Autry, even at that weak linebacker, if he comes up and rushes, that's also a threat. Um, so you got to look at what what ways can we scheme Jonathan Taylor open and, and get him the ball and get him going. So um, I I think he does better than he has been doing, but I don't think it's going to be like 
a showstopper game. Like I, I think he breaks a hundred yards, but yeah. it's it's been so weird. Like the Colts haven't been in the red zone enough to see like if he's gonna get red zone touchdowns. Cause I think we we got the ball the first time at the four yard line. We handed it off twice, didn't get anywhere, and then they threw the ball. And then the last touchdown was twelve yards out. So um I mean he's obviously a threat in the red zone, but it doesn't look like the Colts are really pushing that way. So Yeah. I I would agree here. If if the Colts use him the way they need to use him, yeah. he will be an obvious like, oh, number one this week. Um, I obviously you're still starting Jonathan Taylor no matter what. Oh, if, yeah. he's, if he's healthy, you start him. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think is I think he's reached that level where he is a wide a high end wide receiver two in fantasy mm-hmm. right now. And if he's healthy, he's starting. Um, unless you have, you know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs on your team. Yeah. Which I have two of those three on the same team that I have Michael Pittman. And um then yeah, you're not you're you're gonna be starting Michael Pittman. I think he's an obvious start this week. I think they're gonna have to rely on him a lot. And again, he seems to be Matt Ryan's favorite target. Mm-hmm. Um the two weeks that he's played, he's had twenty one uh targets. And he's pulled in 17 of them. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan is, I, I think, you, if if you're rostering him, he's on your bench. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah, until he until he shows improvement. Uh, I don't even know if he shows improvement. If it's like the Colts offense is not great. Like, not great. No. And no. it's not like he's making any big plays. It's just like, all right, we're going to trot out there for three downs and then punt the ball. Like, well, if if you're considering the grand scheme of things of 12 quarterbacks in the league and say you're in a super flex league oh, and you can play yeah. an extra quarterback, I still don't think he's a top 24 yeah. quarterback in fantasy right now. No. I, I mean, I haven't looked, but I doubt he is. I mean, Currently he's ranked 29. Yeah, so, so there you go. Um, no, I, I would hard pass on that. Alec Pierce finally gets his first catches in his young, very, very young career. I don't think you're starting him yet. No, I not even in the flex position. I think I think you might start if if he's on, out there on waivers. You might consider going out there and getting him. Uh, and sleeper, he's only rostered in sixteen percent of all leagues, and he started at two percent. Oh my! Yeah, a lot of Colts faithful or Cincinnati faithful. Um, yeah, that's true. He he's one that I'm waiting on. I mean, maybe if it's a dynasty league. He's probably already stashed somewhere, but That's um, true. I think I think you got to see at least from my perspective. I don't yeah. know if we really want to be taking my fantasy advice, but um, I, I I would I would want to see much more improvement from the Colts' offense and and make sure that we're we're clicking before I think about starting Alex Pierce because. If we can get Jonathan Taylor going and we can get everybody thinking run, 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 that's going to open up pass. Obviously, everybody knows that. And then that's when Alex Pierce is going to become a threat and throwing those 50-50 balls. So until Matt Ryan gets that level of, of comfortability with that, I don't know if he's going to have much value. It's like Jelani Woods. I'm not running out there to grab Jelani Woods. I think this was a one and done. You have and, Jelani Woods. Well, okay. I have him in a dynasty league. Okay. But, 
Um, a, but I'm not deep, running out to get a deep him bench yeah, in a deep okay. bench. Yeah, I'm okay. not. I was about to say, timeout. Wait a minute. You can go ahead and send me Jelani Woods. I will take him. I mean, um, I, I have him. I'm not yeah. starting him by any means. So, I, in reality, the only cold starters this week are Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. I think it's going to remain that yeah. way for a while until Frank Reich proves that Naeem Hines is the guy that he said to go draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he hasn't made that that click yet. And if Jelani and Alec can prove to be better targets for Matt Ryan, I could see them being low end tight ends and wide receivers or flex positions. Um, but I want to see more consistency out, of, consistency out of Jelani. Right now, he is very touchdown dependent with his two touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like I said earlier, until they start using him in other ways, yeah. until you get to the red zone, it's 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 boomer bust. Like it's. It's not worth it. And if you're one of those leagues that plays defense and kickers, I just avoid the Colts because I'm always disappointed. So um, and Chase didn't are, look bad, but I'm not adding him by any means. If, if you are one of those people that are playing leagues with defense and kickers, probably shouldn't play in that league anymore. I, I play. Um, okay, it's a redraft. But but I, I, I am too, unfortunately. I, I try actually, to I'm get people. Like that, so. Both ESPN leagues that I'm in are defense and kickers i'm like guys let's get rid of these positions i hate it i hate but it because it changes everything it's it does. i get it's like that some it. defense scores 27 points another defense scores two it's or negative, score negative it's just not it's not worth it i in both of those leagues that i'm playing defenses i just picked up the tennessee titans defense this week and See, honestly, I don't know if I would have done that, but well, honestly, I mean, Matt Ryan has been sacked 13 times. He's been picked off how many times? He's fumbled the ball how many times? Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to stream whichever defense is playing the Indianapolis Colts until the Colts can pick <laughs> up their offense. I yeah. mean, it's the smart move. That's that's fair point. I don't care who the defense is at this point. Like, I'm going to just pick up the defense because stats say Matt Ryan's going to turn the ball over somehow. So and, you're looking at the the offense the defense is playing, yeah. Yes, which which you should. Yeah, no, I I'm just saying. I I I've gotten to this point this year that I stream my defenses and kickers every week, and depending on the position, tight ends too. Unless you know, yeah, there's a league that I have Kittle in, and there's a league I have Waller in. I'm not streaming tight ends that week. Those leagues, unless they're on by, but yeah, I'm streaming those three positions alone every week. Yeah, and in those leagues, I'm doing well. So yeah. No, I'm doing the same thing. I I think, well, in one league, I have Justin Tucker, so I'm just sitting because that's fine. Um, but defense we gotta, is... Uh, we got to get a fantasy person on here or do a short segment on... Well, on we only Colts know, like, three or five of them, so... Yeah, I know. Well, one of them is currently being hit by... Well, actually, three of them are being hit say, by a hurricane right now, so... Yeah. Um, and prayers out to everybody down in Southwest Florida right now, because... Yeah. Uh, oof. Um, yeah, well, I think that's going to wrap this episode up. Uh, yeah. 45 minutes in here, big game this weekend against the Tennessee Titans to hopefully regain some kind of momentum or build off of some kind of momentum that they currently have going. And, uh, yeah, maybe start to try to reclaim the AFC South. We got to get through Jacksonville now, but Tennessee this week, Denver next week, Jacksonville the following week. So over the next three weeks, I think this is the biggest three weeks of the entire cold season. And it's only going to get really exciting. So stay tuned until next week, guys. 
Uh, that's it from the Say It Again Colts podcast presented by the Say It Again Network with your hosts, Justin and Jacob. And until next week, guys, go Colts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.